This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. Hello, everyone. A really warm welcome to Sarah Green to the podcast today, who is Performance Pathway Coach Developer at England Apple. Hi. Thanks Hi, Sarah. Um, a very warm welcome. Um, and uh, it's important to note at this point that Sarah is also the really worthy recipient of our UK Coaching Coach Developer of the Year Award. So we are we're we're hearing from the um, one of the very best at her job today. So really, really uh, interested to to hear about your journey, and that that starts you know our first question really. Um, can you talk us through your journey into coach development? I know it's quite varied. Um, so really interested just to, to see what's brought you to the role that you have now. Yeah, I mean, this is always like a good question. It forced me to kind of like reflect on on my journey, I guess. And um, my very first job was actually um, working with young offenders. Um, it was uh, like a, a football related project, but it was actually working with like young people at risk of offending or had previously offended um, using kind of football as a tool for that, um, which was brilliant. It was fascinating. And when I think back now, um, there's, it, there's, it's not that far removed from um, kind of some of the skills that I'm using is not that far removed from where I've ended up now. Um, but then I went on to kind of do some kind of very football development um like officer type roles um, and then joined the FA um, joined the FA very much in a coaching capacity so FA skills program and that was just very much my passion at that point what was coaching but then ended up kind of progressing into a role that was very much about um, supporting coaches coach education coach development type roles within Premier League clubs uh, which also had some elements of kind of like quality assurance uh, mentoring in there um so yeah I mean it wasn't all of the roles that I've done previously weren't true coach development roles but obviously but ha- parts of them had those skills and kind of like behaviors in there um so that's what really attracted me to this role that I've got now at England Netball because it was purely about coach development and I, you know I felt very strongly about just being able to kind of be free to work with coaches without the other barriers um, that were in and among or kind of challenge those relationships about having to teach them a course or having to quality assure them. And I suppose uh, my follow-up question to that is is what's changed for you since becoming a coach developer? So you describe a journey that sort of um, flitted between coach education, support, maybe being driven a bit more by a curriculum, but how supporting others has probably been a passion throughout all of that. And now you've actually got a a more formalised role as a coach developer. What's changed for you? So you've been at England Netball how long now? Um, it's like 19, 20 months, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, still relatively new, but I imagine, well throughout a lot of change as well it's been probably been a, a real challenge for you but you know what what has changed with this becoming a coach developer and becoming more recognized in that role yeah I mean I think what naively I, I don't know or maybe just kind of like me still getting a grip of my role when I came into netball I possibly still thought that kind of my job would look and feel 
still quite similar to the job that I had before at the FA. You know, I thought it would be just, you know, we would be talking about sessions. We would be talking about kind of like um, practice, the the old X's and O's and all of that kind of business. Um, and very quickly, I realised that that it just that just wasn't the case. Um, that's not what the coaches needed from me. That's not what um, I felt like was being most effective. And to be honest, for probably for the first like six months or so, like when I was finding my feet, I was like quite panicky about that. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like I'm being very effective. I'm not talking about coaching a lot. Um, as I've kind of like moved past that and, you know, I started the coach development program that we have in the pathway and was very passionate about making sure that that wasn't just about netball, that it was about coaching practice. But um, as I've kind of evolved past that, you know, and come into kind of the, the you know, the last six months, um, I, I feel like I'm in a really good place. I'm very comfortable with the fact that actually I'm just talking to people about um that them and kind of them being in a good place to kind of deliver the best coaching but we don't lead with what about your session today or like what about this it's very much about them as people and I'm I'm talking more about them as people and what gets them at their best than I, I expected to so I've had to learn very quickly to kind of um hone those skills that I, I had but I probably wasn't working them as often um you know all the skills that I'd used in teaching around questioning and stuff like that um I'd kind of like they were probably at the bottom of you know the cert or you know just under the surface because I'd been leading with a lot of coaching um delivery at the FA whereas now I, I had to go quickly no one cares about the X's and O's or the tactics of what I've got to share people care about you know whether I care about them and I had to go and kind of practice and lead with those skills a lot, lot more. You mentioned just a little earlier in, in that response around the what the coaches needed or what your perception of the coaches needed. Yeah. How did you go about finding out that? Um, so it was a bit varied because of the different various, like all the various groups of coaches that I work with. So probably there's three distinct groups that I've got. So we've got like the Super League coaches, We've got our own internal staff and uh, Rosa staff, and then you've got kind of like a group that sits outside of that pathway coaches. Um, and to be honest, uh, the staff were easier, um, but it was about navigating relationships there because um, people had been used to different people. So for me, it was just spending time with them and, and talking to them and listening and seeing and and just checking and checking in and not necessarily challenging but just being curious about like or oh, how have we arrived at this point you know like how did we decide that that was the best plan for camp this month um with the pathway coaches it was um to be honest there was not a lot of um collab like communication or collaboration about that program it was very much um I think this is possibly what would be a really good idea to deliver let's just see if this works so I kind of had distinct approaches like some of them I, I wanted to listen and check in some of them I just thought let's just see if this this flies um with the Super League head coaches I think it's fair to say that um we just I, I just didn't have enough capacity to run all of that at the, at, 
that time so that's the plan for this year is to go and it is very much about kind of what do you need what what would be best help me understand your role better kind of day to day week to week month to month so we can provide you with something that we feel like is a wraparound support not um, not a burden to be able to to possibly bring a bit of a new perspective i suppose that the question i'm asking is you know how did you find coming in completely new um you know i'm sure you'd seen it where you probably played it um but coming from you know having spent a lot of time uh, embedded within football into a new sport did that offer you some some opportunities yeah i mean i think there's two kind of distinct questions about maybe like how I felt and then does it offer me some advantages so I think you know how did I feel so you know I um I play netball and I was I, you know I, I I feel like I've got a good understanding of the sport and and you know enough to kind of get me by um but yeah like did I feel a bit scared and apprehensive about kind of coming into this environment and thinking you know I could equally be challenged but then on the flip side I've been in plenty of environments where you know, I've felt kind of intimidated because maybe they perceive to know more about football than me just because of the years experience they've got, not necessarily the same qualifications. So I was a bit like, I need to get over that. Um, I guess it offered me the freedom to kind of, I've been in many positions in football where I've probably led with the fact or it's been perceived as the tutor or I'm in a position of like Sarah holds the knowledge and I will just listen to Sarah because she works at the FA or she knows more than me and that you know whilst that's you know brilliant and you've got coaches lapping up what you want to say that that it's not comfortable to me it's not it doesn't feel equal it doesn't feel like a learning journey to me I um, knew I could come into this space and be like, let's learn together, kind of let's let's just be curious and, you know, and let's just kind of work out um, what what this looks like and, and where I can add value. Um, you know, and I, I just fascinated about how it would help me be a better coach. And it, it definitely did. Like I was watching netball sessions and thinking, I think that will work for like my coaching, my football coaching, you know, at Derby and stuff. Um, but yeah, like I think it, it, it was a perfect position for me to be in, in terms of being comfortable, being, you know, my general personality of not necessarily leading from the front. I felt confident that this was a space where I could, you know, lead in a comfortable way and get buy-in and just be like, let's just work out kind of how we're going to get through this together. Yeah, and those, um, I mean, have you found instances where you can almost use that um, possibly perceived lack of background in the sport to ask those sort of stupid, in inverted commas, stupid questions? It's like, so why are we doing this or is this something that always happens or can you just describe what's going on here have you felt yourself asking those questions yeah um but sometimes it's really hard because sometimes I think you have to be very skilled about the way that you say it and the time and otherwise it, it can still feel quite provocative I think um to kind of be like oh well like why why are you doing that so I think the timing the tone and you know and all of that but yeah it definitely has I think um even internally, like 
I'm just like, oh, can you, you know, can I just kind of capture some understanding of like, why, why have we arrived at that point? Like, why is that the, the why do we do that? Um, so that that was able to kind of like put me in a good position just to gain some further understanding. But with individuals on the coach development program, it was hugely, you know, hugely important that I was able to kind of ask those questions and, you know, nothing felt like a stupid question. So I would, and I, but I think that generated some really good, like, I don't know. And it was never about kind of me challenging them. Like if they didn't have an answer, like that was okay. It was just more about me saying, you know, seeking to understand. Um, and it generally was like, I never, never once um, asked a provocative question that was like, why are we doing this? Because generally I just didn't know why. And it was maybe just because I didn't, you know, I didn't understand the technique or the context or kind of that you know the rule or something or you know the the culture behind you know why that happened in netball it was genuinely because I just wanted to understand so I could position myself in a, in a much better place yeah and I think the way you describe that in terms of sort of leading with curiosity rather than leading with a perceived challenge actually that's generally pretty well received um you know, again, you still need to talk about language and framing and timing and tone and all the things that you did mention. But generally, you know, people will then want to engage with you and that opens up, it opens up the conversational door, really, doesn't it, in terms of, right, well, actually, now we can start to get into some real collaborative conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, that was really important to me, um, especially because, Coach development, you know, as you know, was quite a new thing to England netball. We're not really seen it before. We'd seen elements of it informally. But if 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 we were going to, you know, do what we were striving to do and kind of invest in coaches and, you know, like pave a way for kind of it being a priority within the governing body, you know, I had to be, I had to make sure that when I was going out there and, you know, I wasn't ruffling feathers and I wasn't making the situation worse, that I was kind of getting people on board and I was getting people curious about the work that we that we were doing so that they wanted to engage with us. Yeah, and I mean, we've spoken about, you mentioned earlier about sort of possibly a bit of an apprehension in terms of going into the role, understandably, um, you know, change of role, what does that look like, change of sport? Um, it's something like the... The theme of identity um, and particularly you moving out of possibly more of a coaching coach education role within football into more of a support development role in in netball um, how has that been for you in terms of what you identify with you know if I was just you know, actually you know is he passion still uh, coaching and on the floor how, how passionate do you get about developing people because you are you're one two three steps removed from the action and I always found you know having stepped out of playing to coaching to then developing coaches is like well you know what really gets you out of bed on a morning so I just wonder how does that feel from an identity point of view yeah I mean that's a great thing for me to reflect on because it, it there was a bit about my identity was about leaving a sport that I'd literally you know I'd spent half of my adult life there you know in, in that governing body in that sport and I was so scared to leave because I thought what if this goes wrong and uh, you know like it, it's 
people knew me as like, oh, Sarah works in football. And I was so scared to leave that in case this was a bad decision and that maybe then I wouldn't be able to go back to football because I wouldn't be valued as much, you know, or, you know, what what if I, what if I can't do that anymore? People don't see this as a, a you know, a good option. Um, but you know what, like, I think this has opened my eyes up so much to kind of coming out of that and coming into kind of a smaller governing body. You know, before I would have never kind of had conversations with people at UK coaching, UK sport, um, Sport England, like never. I just wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have networked with the various different people that I have even in the past week from boxing or you know from archery and stuff like I I just that would never would have happened for me so actually whilst I felt like I lost part of an identity actually I gained for me a much stronger one one that was that felt like it was more than my governing body. So for me, it's not like, oh, there's Sarah, she's from England Netball. It was Sarah, like, she's a coach developer and that that it was about my job and my role. Um, and, you know, I, I think for me, I felt really strongly about kind of, you know, moving past past that and being in a position where actually it wasn't about um, what I knew. It was about what I could do and the potential that I, I had and the potential that the people working with me had. And I, I just feel like I just feel way more comfortable in this environment and the opportunities that I've got and, and the community now that I'm in. It feels, you know, a better identity to me and, and possibly one that I'd not really considered that was an option. I didn't know that it would feel like this. Yeah, and that the bit around community um so going a slightly off piste in terms of the questions that i shared with you before but it's the things that are coming out here how what's how have you how have you either developed or utilized your existing network and support so what who's helped you along the way or what's helped you make this transition which is a fairly big transition mm-hmm. um and i think we sometimes we talk around coaches and coach developers at times they can they can be quite isolated in terms of you know what's their support network like um i'm just intrigued as that you know who's not 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 who has helped you but how have you helped yourself in terms of getting a really supportive network there for you yeah so i mean before i left the fa um I'm really good friends with Nick Levitt so he was very good at kind of putting me in touch with lots of people um so he put me in touch with Jenny Cody and was like listen like you guys are going to be doing a similar job be good to kind of get an understanding of that um obviously like England Netball were very good at so I did like a month's gap before I started this job and they were very good at putting me in touch with different people so um obviously I came and uh, met with you Andy and we kind of did a little bit of stuff didn't we with like hockey and football at one point so I was able to kind of get a grasp of kind of you and what you did and some other connections um but and obviously doing strive with you um and the other guys at UK coaching gave me a network of other people to talk to and I think it was just about me working out like I'm not going to lie there were days in those early stages where I was like well I'm not really sure if like this is for me really like you know you know some of the conversations and stuff um didn't feel like it 
fitted with my, you know my style but I think the same as what I would say to any coach I think there was a period of me being patient with myself and working out what I thought my job what I believed it to be and how I wanted to go about my business with that so me you know finding what comfortable ways to do that um and there were some people that I would see or know and understand do their job and I'm like oh that that's not for me and you know but each coach development role is, is so different and I'm afforded a really good opportunity at netball where I don't have to get involved in delivering courses or education or anything like that so it's very unique and very freeing like I feel like I've can kind of just float around and get involved in all of the nice bits and stuff. Um, but yeah, that network has been hugely beneficial to me. I'm forever grateful for the opportunities that I've got to kind of meet with other people from different sports. And those are the networks because, you know, they, I don't feel particularly lonely, but I do know what you mean in, in, in that sense, it's particularly as I'm like the only one at netball doing this function because I, I feel like I've got a, a lot of people I can reach out to and talk to. The only aspects of my role that I find quite lonely are the bits where coaches maybe can unload to you. And then I, I feel a bit like, oh, what do I do with that information? Or if you've had a heavy week and you've got a lot of kind of information from coaches whirring around, there's an element of trust there and what you do with that information. So that can feel lonely in that sense. But the coach development community um, is re- is really helpful. It never makes me feel lonely. I know there's always somewhere someone I can chat to and stuff. I and just um, and I'm picking up on a few of those themes. That we use the um, we've used the phrase connected isolation in terms of you know sometimes you feel like you're you're and immediately when you're working with groups of coaches you're sort of connected into their networks and you're sort of almost vicariously sort of working, okay, right, well, I'm working with this particular coach and I understand what their context is and all of their coaching team. And then, you you know, you come away from that, you work with another coach and you invest and you understand their network. And I think that the reason why we we spoke about it was linked to some of Simon Phelan's work around, um, well, ensuring that you have a really strong and positive and supportive network yourself otherwise you're sort of you're feeling like you're dipping into everyone else and you're trying to support everyone else and 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 trying to ensure that you know their support networks are really um productive and supportive yet you can't forget about your own as well because you know it comes back to the you know can't pour for an empty cup actually you need to be um looking after your own well-being and your own mental health and your own supportive networks to ensure that you can continue to give effectively to everyone else or support or, or whatever is required. So just picking up on on some of those themes, when we talk about um, connectivity and networks, one thing that did spring to mind is how you felt going from uh, quite a male-dominated sport into a very female-dominated sport. How have you found that transition? And uh, in fact, has there been, you know, has there been much of a difference for you? Um, yeah, just really intrigued by that. I think it's probably um, something that I didn't really pay a lot of attention to at the time, um, but then very quickly probably reflected on that in terms of like my behaviours. So um, I was ready to kind of move on and leave and, 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 you know, and step on in my career. And part of that was about, um, you know, like what I felt I needed personally 
from in terms of like high support, high challenge, you know, lots of stretch and, and wanting to move on. But I also think I was very conscious that um, I never felt like my true self at the FA. Like I didn't, I just didn't feel like I was. Maybe I felt like I was constantly like on guard or like on attack or, or having to be behave in a certain way that meant I felt like I was justifying my position experience knowledge all of the time um and that doesn't mean that that's to be true or that's factual but that is how I felt um and then coming into netball um I think I was carrying a bit of that still where I felt like I needed to prove myself and whatever whilst also being very conscious that this was an opportunity for me to start again um and you know the thing, the great thing about netball is that um, there's so, there's just so many coaches. There's so many coaches out there, um, you know, most of whom are, are female. Um, you know, it's very female dominated. But um, very quickly, I worked out that it doesn't bring different challenges because people are people. It brings the same amount of challenge that it would do if I was working with, um, you know, football coaches or whatever. It just I I feel like it's afforded me an opportunity. And this could have been true if I'd gone to be a coach developer at golf or tennis. It's just afforded me an opportunity to really think, how did I want to behave differently and come across differently? Because I'd been in an environment that challenged a lot of that for a lot of that time. And, you know, I, I wanted to kind of see how I might behave differently. Did, did it challenge any of your expectations? So actually, did anything did anything surprise you coming into the role? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was surprised at how um, the lack of confidence that I kind of had initially. Um, and, you know, there were plenty of times where I would go to kind of early meetings or I'd been invited to a few workshops actually before I started the job. Um, and I'd go to a few of those workshops and I remember, you know, calling Jen or someone on the way home and be like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do it. Like, I just I think I've felt very much that this felt so different. So because um, and I think I might have talked to you about this, Andy, before, like even on Strive and stuff, there was a lot of stuff that felt like I was in a totally different world. Very scientific, very research heavy. And I, and I was like. Before, I'm only talking to people about, you know, tactics or the set. Why, why are we doing a session like this? Or have you thought about whole pot whole or like arrival activities and stuff? And then I'm being forced to kind of like not being forced. That's a bit harsh. But I'm kind of then in a space where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking exactly about the, you know, what underpins practice. And um, I was just like, I don't know any of this. I don't know any of that. And then um, I, I was just overwhelmed by, it, I think, really overwhelmed. And I just felt a, a huge lack of confidence. But I think you alluded to it earlier that um, I also did not anticipate how much of a personal transition this would be for me. I, I didn't think about that at all. Like I didn't, I just thought this is a new job and I've started plenty of new jobs before. And I just didn't really give myself enough time to adjust to that transition. 
And bearing in mind, you have made that transition in one of the most interesting recent times in terms of going into a role, probably just starting to get comfortable, and then COVID comes along and all of the challenges that that's presented us and opportunities. Um, you probably haven't spent quite so much time on Zoom as you might have expected. Um, I, I wonder, just picking up, so we've really, we've sort of dug deep into your journey and some of your thoughts, how you found the, the movement across sports. Um, I'm really conscious that people listening in might might just want to actually get a grip of what does a sort of a day in the life of a coach developer um, feel like? So, but particularly around sort of, if you're going and watching a coach, what what do you actually do? So if you're going to go and watch one of the, the coaches on your um on the coach development program, maybe one of the super league coaches, how do you go about doing a coach observation sort of from the sort of nuts and bolts, the real detail? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit mad, really, because I think, if, like, the answer is, like, it, it just depends on what they want from me. So, it, you know, I still deliver FA courses. So if I would go and watch it, if you said to me, so what happens when you go and watch an FA coach? Like, it's very clear in my mind this is what I do because we have a, a framework and you know I kind of probably stand there I probably put my boots on or I'll sit in the stand like that's very clear in my mind like a, a routine when I'm going to watch someone from netball um we would have usually had like a really big you know long conversation before about what role they expect me to play or kind of what do they want and I've become very clever at kind of having that conversation now and kind of saying what would be best what was best fit for you uh, you know the best use of my time because that's also helpful for me because I know I'm really bad at going to watch a coach and unless they really structure my thinking I will just record everything and that's not helpful so then I'm and that part of that is because of my last job as well so I would observe practicing teachers delivering PA and I would write a script of the lesson like what happens from minute one to kind of you know minute 50 or whatever and so some of that practice is left over from there but it's not helpful because coaches can't handle everything you know there's an emotional attachment to kind of wanting to do well and wanting to work with the players so I've become better at saying kind of what you know what's on your mind what's the best use of my time kind of what what would you really want me to focus in on be a kind of a laser focused coach on on what area um and um I try not to write things down now because I feel like that can if some you no know, people can't help it there's a natural habit of a coach looking at you and if you're busy writing down they're probably thinking oh my god what's she doing so um I really um have taken to voice noting my thinking but I also feel like um, voice noting for me feels more dynamic so when I write things down on paper as an observation I might write down like oh um, it's minute four there's some ball and wall activities happening Um, but if I voice note it I might ask myself a question. So I might be like, so, you know, we've been four minutes into the session. There's some ball and wall activities happening. Um, I wonder why you're doing that. Um, So I wonder what your thinking was in the planning. And then, you know, and this is a very vivid example in my mind. So I've seen a coach do this and I'm not a fan of ball and wall activities at all because I'm kind of like, why? So then I've gone, I wonder why you're doing this. Is can could we have got the same objective doing something else but then in that very second that I was voice noting that the coach walked over and almost walked down the line of the athletes and just spoke to everyone individually 
hi, how are you? How's your day being? Blah, 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 blah. So then I'm voice noting and I'm like, oh, actually, if your intention is for social interaction, catch up with the players, checking in before the formal part of the session starts, I really understand that now. Like, And I just feel like if I was doing that on paper, I wouldn't have captured that emotion and that reaction and kind of like my the the progress of my thinking so voice noting is um much works much better for me in, in those observations and i mean it sounds like you're almost doing a bit of coach developer think aloud as yeah. you're doing that you know you're actually you're asking yourself questions of what you're seeing which i'm sure you will then refer back to when you have a post conversation with the with the coach but yeah i i would you know, being able to capture that in written form starts to become, you know, to capture all of those questions starts to become, you just be writing the whole time. Um, and I really like that sort of the liveness and the the sort of the, you know, your, your questioning and your observations, you're capturing what you're thinking on your voice note there, live as it's changing and as you're responding to it as well. Yeah. And it, it is because of the Think Aloud stuff. So I was very fortunate to be in a lot of um, Amy's workshops. And um, I thought, well, that, you know, when I did this um, as a way, so I introduced that on my coach development program um, as a concept. And I did some voice noting of me coaching um, at Derby. And it was so terrible. Like the girls in the background were like arguing with me about a decision because I was kind of doing a, a hockey concept of a thinking Thursday where I was being a disruptor and they were arguing with me about a decision and this is all captured on a voice note and I was like oh my god and but I the plan was for me to share this with the coaches on my program so I but I did and then as a result of that they would then they they just got really good at being vulnerable and voice noting because the first time you video yourself voice note you know it doesn't work so they've voice noted sessions but they've got really good now at um our whatsapp group is just full of them driving home from sessions talking about what they did um and yeah for me it's a really really valuable tool um sometimes they'll ask me to kind of um make a note of something um i've even took part in a few netball sessions myself in the sense of got on court and you know kind of said hey look have you thought about this where coaches feel comfortable and I've managed a group and said oh it looks like this to me what about this um you know and we've just played around with that a little bit and that's good if the coach trusts you and is ready for that and wants to be in that space with you um but yeah generally it's it's for me it's about just getting that relationship right um even I even consider things like where I sit and where I stand that's really important to me that I get that right because Otherwise, I think it, it really has an impact on how well that observation can go. And, and are, are those, I imagine, are, are conversations you have with the coach as well. What's going to work best for you? You know, do you want me at a, at a sort of a safe distance, one where I'm not going to be sort of obtrusive? Or do you mind me getting involved? Or do you not mind me getting involved, you know, and even just chipping in with with a question or a, and have you played? At, I'm fairly sure you mentioned having to play around with Zello and possibly getting in the coach's ear as well. How did you find that? Yeah, so we've used Zello at Roses Academy. Um, not I've not used Zello with anyone out uh, externally before, um, but yeah, we've used Zello at Roses Academy, which is really really good and. Uh, can you just explain? Can you explain how it works? 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, it, it kind of replaces the kind of microphone pack. So I do have microphone packs as well, which is kind of you can constantly hear someone. But Zello is, you so you can have an option. You can have it as you talk to each other. So a coach could be on court and um, I could kind of talk to them and, you know, or they could be on the bench, to be fair, and I could kind of, you know, leave a comment or ask a question um but or you can have it on constant talk so basically you can adjust the button and basically it's always on and you just it replicates a microphone pack so you can hear everything that they're saying but the brilliant of brilliance of it as well is it records um it records itself like the in a chat function but i mean it's worked so well for us that that's basically how um jess got around not going to new zealand so it was Zello that they used to from um, from being in the UK to being the coaches on the bench in New Zealand. That that was Zello that they used to do that. And we had a coach in the Super League not able to be on the bench on Friday um, and coached from home using Zello. So Brilliant. and say COVID provided challenges and we're finding solutions all the time. Yeah. Um, no, really, really interesting insight into sort of, you know, generally what you do and the level of thought. I think that that when you're talking about, you know, the complexity of coaching and, and the complexity of different individuals in all of their different contexts, you thinking through, right, well, what am I going to do in tonight's session? How have I prepared for it or tonight's session, today's session? How have I prepared for it? You know, to the detail of where am I going to sit, where am I going to stand, how am I going to interact? I think that's it's really interesting to hear the the planning and the preparation that goes in for that, as you would do for a coaching session, but mm. it's just slightly different. Now, as and as we start to finish up on this conversation, something that I've been trying to to bring in to a couple of, uh, I think we've only done it maybe with one or two others, Jay Roper being one was just asking the question around, I don't know if it's just a, um, a fad of mine around top trumps, just because I like playing them when I was younger, but trying to bring bring to life the game of top trumps with coach developers. So I wonder, I have primed you with this question before, so I'm not just putting you on the spot, but if you if we had the Sarah Green card in our coach developer top trumps pack, what would be on it? So what are you probably, what I'm asking, what are your super strengths from a, um, from a coach developer point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think um, empathy would d definitely be on there um, and probably something that I only have started to kind of like realise since I moved into this job. So like, I think I am a pretty empathetic person and I've got good skills with that. I think um, probably as part of that or kind of, it's a problem, probably a more generic term that other skills come out of. Like, I think I've worked really hard just to be um, emotionally intelligent. Like I, I feel like I've invested a lot of time and space into that, not just for a work capacity, but for a personal capacity, you know, just like different challenges that I've had. And, you know, I've, I've not been afraid to kind of like speak about that or seek help to try to kind of like work through that to better understand like myself and be able to kind of cope with the demands of like a busy working modern life so I'd like to think that um and to be fair I probably wouldn't have described myself with that but I've had also a lot of feedback from people saying oh you you, you you've got good emotional intelligence so I've kind of tried to embrace that and just own it and be like well actually I yeah I think I am good at that um 
and I didn't want to use this one but because I feel like it's become like a buzzword but I feel like I am just very curious about um you know what goes on and just you like trying to understand things and and that you know just really inquisitive and naturally I generally am quite a nosy person anyway so however it plays out in everyday life as opposed to coaching nosy curious inquisitive whatever you want to call it brilliant no no three really really good themes there um, and ones which I'm sure sure will be replicated by others and I really really appreciate you taking some time out of your, um, I'm sure, very busy day and spending some time just sharing your journey, sharing, sharing some of your thoughts. So thank you very much, Sarah. No problem. It's good to chat. And uh, um, very best of luck with all of the rest of the work in your netball world. Thank you. Thanks. Join us at ukcoaching.org. Whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you. 